Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Aggie Hewitt. I feel like I sound like I have a cold or something. I feel like I am like about to fall asleep. I yeah, I'm I'm a little tired too. We're we're recording earlier than we usually do. Yeah, uh, but I got up early and like I don't. There's no reason why I should be tired right now. Well, don't you always get up early? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, especially now that I've like started this new job, I have been setting the alarm for like seven. Um, that's early, but I got up even like my cat woke me up at six 30 this morning. So oh God. I just got up. Wow. Um, that's rough. I got up at like seven 30, which I consider to be early, but I stayed in bed until like solidly stayed in bed until like eight 30 or maybe nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Going on my phone, petting my dog. That like, is nice truly doing whatever I wanted I'm not allowed to stay in bed after I wake up because once my cats see that I've opened my eyes they are relentless until I uh, get up and feed them so and then once I'm up I'm like there's no point in going back to bed yeah well yeah my dog I think I've like trained him to like understand that I'm like a total piece of shit so he just will if he sees that I'm awake he just is like well I guess I have to be (laughs) held and snuggled but not really get anything I, I really want right now yeah. uh, uh I did have time to go take a walk this morning to the bakery and get my first uh breakfast pastry post sugar cleanse oh your sugar cleanse is over yeah and like okay so I'm trying obviously like the point of this cleanse is to reset my body and to not like go back into my old habits right away okay so I'm trying to, you know, be judicious about the sugar that I eat. And like, I haven't, I haven't like bought any desserts at the grocery store, or like stocked my pantry at all. But I did, um, 
gets a, a couple pints of ice cream last week to, to keep in the freezer. Uh, and I've been, you know, eating very moderate amounts of, of, of the ice cream, which is good. But then this morning I was just like craving, um, something sweet and, I had a little extra time this morning, so I went to to prove. But the problem is, this always happens. My eyes are bigger than my stomach, and I always end up getting like two pastries when I go. I think that's the issue. What did you get? I got, well, only one of them was sweet, but they're both like pretty filling. I got a spring yogurt cake, which I think had like rhubarb and maybe some strawberries on top. And then I got a ham and Gruyere croissant, which is my absolute favorite from them. Wow, that sounds really good. So did and you eat both? Or- I, oh, yeah, I ate both immediately. Okay. Shoveled them into my mouth, started feeling, and, and the cold brew. And then as I, I was walking home, I already started feeling like I was going through a sugar crash. Well, that was your first, because also like all the the white flour is like, might as well be sugar anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I believe the yogurt cake is like perhaps some sort of artisanal grain that's not like it tastes a little nuttier than plain white flour. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure about that. But then the croissant, I mean, croissants are the one thing that like no one has a, has been able to perfect with like alternative grains or vegan or any of that yeah, stuff. Cause nothing is like, it has to be like super light and super buttery and like nothing can really do it, but the real thing. No, I'd be curious because the, the Miyoko's vegan butter is so good. I'd really be curious to try a croissant using that. I feel like that might. Potentially I guess, work. but I wouldn't really want to ever make a croissant. No, it sounds so complicated. There's no, I mean, there's absolutely no reason to make your own croissants. I can't think of a good reason to do it. I'm reading that uh, the biography on uh, James Beard, the the like mid-century cookbook author and, and mm-hmm. uh, cooking teacher. And there's a chapter right after Julia Child's book comes out in like 1961. There's a chapter about their friendship, but then they talk about in the sequel to the book, um, they were told to create a recipe for a baguette for American home cooks. And apparently it took like months of recipe testing. Like it, it slowed down the entire process trying to get this baguette recipe, right? Really? Yeah. And I'm like, why again, this is the time. I mean, maybe back then there were not very many places where you could get like a real French style baguette, but it just seems so elaborate and complicated to like make your own baguette. I think so too. Although I have to say, I thought a baguette, you know, was delicious, but I thought I'd had a baguette. I've been to Paris, I've been all over France and I've been to Ralph's and I like them all baguettes. But when I had that goddamn baguette from freaking Petitois, that was like another level baguette, I must say. Better than the ones you had in Paris? I mean, I, yeah, like I don't really remember any that I had in Paris, but I definitely remember that one. So I don't know. I got to do it. I got to, I got to get it's up like there. It's so dense inside. It's like almost like eggy, but there's, there, I don't think there's any egg in it, but mm. it's like, it's just like, so it's like thick. It's like creamy almost. It's, it's a totally different experience to this baguette. Wow. 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 But it's like dense and light. It's all, it's still light. It's like, 
I can't explain it. You just have to try it. It's- I have to try it. I have to try it. I, I've never uh, been to Petit Trois in all my in all my years in Los Angeles. I think you should get a roasted chicken and the baguette with butter and oh just my call God. it a day. All right, I will, I will, I will. Except not this weekend because I already ordered. Now, like all these restaurants, you have to like order days in advance to get the, their special things. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I tried to get that that fish sandwich we talked about. They're doing oh, yeah. another thing. They sold out in less than a minute after they dropped the link on Instagram. Yes. Oh, I know. That's like me with, I've been trying to get um, secret pizza. Oh, the um, Dough Daddy? Um, or a different one? It's called Secret Pizza. Oh, it's called, okay, that's different. Uh, I don't know. It's like New York style. Okay. Um, It's not, like, there are like a lot of Detroit style ones. Yeah, Dough Daddy's Detroit style. Um, But that's another one where you have to get it. I mean, I got it once and then I'm not going to, I'm not the type to like set an alarm and have to get it on, you know, if, if I can't get it, I won't get it. Yeah. I, you have to be though to get these things. Yeah. And it's like, I just can't be that person. That's like, that's a bit close to like the pizza taco nom nom personality yeah. that I just try to avoid. <laughs> well, I think it's also on the spectrum of like disordered eating. <laughs> if you're like, Def- planning well, your like whole day around thing. yeah 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 like i get these hard to find obscure versions of like pizza or fish sandwiches which are good and probably better than you get you know at a, like a normal place but you know they they're not worth it's mostly about like getting it and attaining it. And then when you eat it, it's so much better because it was hard to find. Yeah, no, that that's definitely a part of it. And it's like, for them, it's yet to build, to build like a cachet and to build like a reputation and to build scarcity that, yeah. that might or might not really exist. Exactly. Um, but unfortunately I will be setting my alarm next time this fish sandwich thing happens because I want it. I do want to try it. Although I did, I've been pretty good these last few weeks but i did get shake shack last night which Mm. used to have that exciting sort of like novel maybe scarce element years ago when we before we got it in la and then right after but i still i still feel a little excited every time i get shake shack oh yeah shake shack's great like i i feel like they're one of those chains that uh even though they've expanded a lot the quality is still like very good every time i go there yeah, it's like the same. Yeah. Um, the food I did actually order for tomorrow night that I'm excited about is uh, this place, Friedman's um, oh, in Silver God, Lake. I yeah, I've wanted to go there for a long time. You know, I when I wrote my schmaltz piece last year, I tried to go because I think they had, I, I wondered if they had like a larder or something and they completely closed down for when COVID started they just like they didn't have takeout or anything obviously that's changed but at that at the time it was like really early in COVID times and my first like the first thing I did like out of my house at all was driving way out to um this other like another like one of those like upscale Jewish restaurants but it's way on the west side because they were open and bought schmaltz from them and you got schmaltz yeah now i mean they because they typically at friedman's they do uh yeah like upscale versions of like jewish deli food but this month they're doing like a 
like Jews around the world tour or something. Oh, that's nice. And like, so every week is a different, um, like ethnicity of the Jewish diaspora. Okay. And so this week is Jewish Yemeni, Yemeni food. Oh, okay. Um, so it's like a prefix, uh, but you got like, it's like some oxtail thing, some like chicken and rice thing, and then a bunch of sides for two people. So I'm picking that up for, um, for the Sabbath on tomorrow night. Oh, good. That's mm. really cool. Um, I know all the Jewish, like, um, I don't know, influencers, <laughs> like food people and like writers are, are trying to open the doors for like Jewish representation. Cause it's all just like in America, at least it's like total like Ashkenazi. Yeah, yeah. Like that's all you really ever hear from. And there are so many more Jewish people in the world than just Ashkenazi Jews. Totally. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's basically been the extent of my week. Um, trying to order uh, obscure food items and sometimes succeeding and sometimes failing. Oh yeah. We went to an obscure Armenian sandwich place yesterday also. Mini kebab? No, uh, it's right here. It's, um, it's, it's, they don't have kebabs. It's like, just like sandwiches. Okay. Saga's Batsurma. Saga Batsurma. Batsurma is the type of meat. All right. It's like a, it's like a cured beef. Ooh. And that's their specialty there. And then I think, I don't know. So anyway, it was, uh, it was good. And they have like, I'm going to go back because it's really close to where I live and you can actually get like good zatar there. It looked like they have oh, really? Some, like really good spices, sumac and um, like just all that stuff that you want. They had like citric acid and just like, you know, like good, like Mediterranean. Oh, I'm very aware. I worked for an Armenian spice dealer for several years. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. This is like, I think this is a little bit more, um, I don't know. It's a little bit less cool than Spice Station. Mm, I think it's Spice Station more, is pretty uncool, honestly. A little bit more, um, like, I think it's run by like a grandma and grandpa from Armenia who are cute. Okay. I, I want like a little deli. I'm like, going to go check it like out. A really long time. I think it's been there for longer I think I read online that it was like before um, Zanku Chicken even. It was like a really old LA like institution that I just never really knew about before. Uh, I'm in the market for some new Zatar. I just ran out last week. So, I, uh, and there's a, there's like a Bon Appetit recipe that's like a Zatar encrusted um, chicken cutlet, which good. sounds really good. I just had to throw mine out because I got it from Trader Joe's and it tasted like shit. Ugh, yeah, Trader Joe's. I mean, they're like regular spices are fine in a pinch. Um, a couple of their blends like their, are okay. I like their blends. Yeah, like their like everyday seasoning and the 21 salute. Yeah. And then obviously the everything but the bagel. They like they were the first people I ever saw who made that. Well, I have to, I, Spice Station did it before they did. I oh, think. really? I never, yeah. I didn't know. It's a good idea though. Yeah, for sure. Um, What? else how's your face your uh did your thing fall off (laughs) you know what okay first of all 
I've got to say my dot that I hate is really, really, really faded. It's like, and it, it was like, honestly, it was like, you know, in the craft <laughs> when Nev Campbell gets her scars like removed and yeah. she's screaming and then they like wash her back and there's like all this like beautiful skin underneath. It was just like that. <laughs> like it turned into like a little scab and it got really dark over it. And then like, I was washing my face and I just touched it and it just started peeling away. And underneath there was like not color damaged, the sun damaged skin underneath. And I like brushed it away and like, it's still there, but it's, it's way lighter. Like I'm really, really happy. That's amazing. Yeah. And especially because I'm going back for two more sessions. So I'm like really excited. The only thing is that it's been hard because I'm also back at work and I have to like actually go to work. Um, I have, it's been hard for me to be out of the sun completely, which you're supposed to do. And because like at work, I don't want to wear, if I have to be outside, I don't want to wear some like big sun hat or like my skin protecting things. Like I don't want to do it. So I'm a little bit concerned, but I don't see any like damage. I, it still looks like a lot of the benefits are there and it was surprisingly effective on fine lines and wrinkles as well. I am genuinely surprised at how well this worked, especially because I got it at a group on where like it cost, I mean, like less than half, like I got three sessions for like less than half of what one session would normally cost. Yeah. So I'm shocked, but it really did work. Look at that. Dermatology, a miracle. Amazing. Modern medicine. My dermatologist just sent out an email blast um, saying that they are uh, finally starting cosmetic procedures again. Oh God, I know that's probably like, see, I got so many cosmetic procedures done during quarantine. Like it was really, that was just like what I did with my time. Apparently that was, that's what a lot of people like the, like plastic surgery industry and stuff uh, was booming last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't get like anything major, but I got, I started doing the laser. I got my moles removed. I froze my eggs. I did a lot of like elective procedures. Yeah. 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 But all, you know, in the service of, you know, greater good. Of course. Yeah. Like a retaining youth. Exactly. You know, past the point that it's that god <laughs> intended <laughs> totally fine uh anything else shall we move on to uh gwyneth news i guess we should yeah well is there really Gwyneth? not news? really like there apparently maybe it aired today or something but there was some interview on the today show with savannah guthrie um but the only thing i could find the only video i could find online was like a like a long trailer for it and I don't, I guess I don't watch the Today Show, so I don't know is if that is how they usually air the interviews as just like clips, or is there like a long, there must be like a longer version of it that will come out at some point. I don't really watch it either, but I do feel like the Today Show or like those big interviews on morning shows, they always kind of leave you wanting more. I do think that they're pretty edited down because I think that they usually... When they have a big interview like that, they usually rerun it several times because those shows are like four hours long. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be like, if you have to wake up at, if you have to be getting ready at eight, it's on. If you're getting ready around nine, it's on. If you're getting ready at seven, it's on. So it's like, I think they just kind of show the same thing over and over. So, so maybe I saw the whole thing. It was like five minutes long. 
it was, you know, totally edited, clipped, and it's really not worth I mean, it's literally the exact same topics you would expect. It's they talk about Apple's, you know, goop participation. They talk about the vagina candle and how Blythe is like appalled at Gwyneth's sexuality. Um, they talk about Gwyneth getting COVID early and having long effects of COVID. Uh, then of course she asks if she will start acting again. And then the finale is plugging season two of the Goop Lab, which as far as I can tell, still doesn't have a, a premiere date for Netflix, but I assume is coming out soon. I'm sure it's coming. Um, but there was another morning bombshell, not about Goop, but that Colton from The Bachelor is gay, which I want credit for calling. I mean, before he even before the season even began. I have never watched an episode of Bachelor in my life, but I saw pictures of this guy and you could just tell by looking at his face that he was gay. I think. Well, yeah. Also he was a virgin. Yes, yes, yes. And he never had sex. And he was like, it's not religious and I'm not waiting for marriage. I just don't know. And I was like, hmm. he's gay. I, there was a lot of think pieces about this because he got, he immediately got like a giant Netflix deal where he's like learning about gay culture with the Olympic skier Gus Kentworthy is going to be his like gay fairy godmother or whatever. Yeah. I also thought when I saw the side by side pictures of them, I thought it was a before and after picture of Colton. Like, <laughs> I mean, they look before yeah, he came out and after because they look very similar. It is the whole thing is just something I am completely uninterested in. And he's the type of person who, I mean, most like most of Netflix's quote unquote LGBT uh, content, it's like all made for straight people it seems like i don't know um i don't know but i i just feel like i i said colton was gay and i was right and that's it Great. that's how i feel about it <laughs> uh didn't he also like stalk the bachelorette person or something or like she had to get like a yes. restraining order her and put a he put a tracking device on her car and, and she had to get a restraining order. And fuck? actually that was when I was like, Oh, maybe he was straight. Maybe he actually is straight, but I guess there was some other reason for it. I don't know. Were they, so they were like dating after the show or whatever. They like were in a relationship. Quote unquote. Yeah. They got engaged. Oh, they got engaged. Wow. And then um, he felt he stalked her and then they got unengaged. And she filed a restraining order against him. And then he came out as gay and got a reality show about it. Uh, congratulations to everyone involved. Everyone involved. Yeah. I did see the one. Did you see Carol Radziwill's tweet storm after this happened yesterday? <laughs> I haven't thought about Carol Radziwill <laughs> in years. What is up with her? She, she got ratioed hard on Twitter because <laughs> she, like her response was so crazy. She was, she was like, oh, how dare he like trick this poor woman into dating him. And like, I just, I'm just holding, you know, saying thoughts and prayers for all the bachelor contestants that were duped by this man. Oh my God. I mean, I don't think that, I just think that he like, after one, he won, like stalked her and was like crazy is bad, but like yeah. his, you know, I think that like actually being gay is like 
getting a gay bachelor in the who's in the closet is probably like one of the safest best bets you could probably hope for on that show as a contestant because like they all have extreme personality disorders and if like he's not interested in you sexually at least you're like uh, you maybe would be like more safe uh, yeah that's one <laughs> less thing to worry about well and also like these i mean everyone who's on the bachelor obviously is like like any reality show the point is to you know, make a brand for yourself and like, and like make money and fame. And it's obviously, I mean, I don't know. Cause again, I've never seen the show, but like, it doesn't seem like most of these people are actually like tricked into thinking that they're going to fall in love, but no, the only reason that they get engaged at the end is because it it's technically a game show and the prize is the engagement ring, which is worth like $30,000 or something. So, um, I think when they get the engagement ring, they have to keep it and say that they're like engaged for like six months or a year after the show. And if they do that, then they get to keep the money. Okay. Well, yeah. And I mean, if they it's... break up before that, then they have to um, give it back. I see. Uh, good for them. But I imagine now Colton, like he will be the first gay, ba- like they're going to have to do a whole season about him now, right? Like be, being the gay bachelor. On The Bachelor? Yeah. Like it seems like a no brainer. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be back as The Bachelor, but so back as The Bachelor, but, but gay. Yeah. They, I mean, that seems like completely like obvious that they would do that. Yeah. I don't know maybe i mean i yeah if i was you know an abc executive it'd be like this is the 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 most you know publicity that you could possibly get is to do is this to just have colton trying to find it because yeah it's like yeah. safe enough that like the you know their whatever conservative audience already know him so it seems like oh yeah oh yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't like you know shock this the delicate sensibilities of these people <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like most of the people on that show have like crosses tattooed all over their body and like they go watch like country musicians sing about like Jesus, but like hold each other and under the stars. I mean, I would, I would never, I've never watched bachelor, but like if he, if there was a gay season of the bachelor, I would watch it. Cause all those like knockoff shows, those stupid gay dating knockoff shows I've watched, like that were so, um, I, I can't even think of what they are called now, but there was a couple where it was like trying to be The Bachelor, but gay, and it was just a complete disaster, but I watched every second of it. Yeah. Um, Dan Savage had a take on this a long time ago that I don't even know if I can say what, I don't even know if I'm allowed, if I can say it. <laughs> Wait, say it. Dan, I mean, problematic fave, not, I wouldn't even say fave, problematic Dan Savage. I don't know. Well, whatever. it was like a long time ago, but mm-hmm. I just remembered it because I was like, I don't, it just, I was like, okay, like, I don't know why it just stuck in my head, but because it's been, The Bachelor has been criticized, obviously, and rightfully so for years, because it's extremely heteronormative and also racist, um, and they have never had a, like, a LGBT person on it, and so Dan Savage was like, well, it would never work, oh my god, I feel like this is really bad for me to say, it's just, <laughs> he was like, it would never work, because, um, you know, if everybody's gay, then like they could just end up hooking up with each other. Well, of so course, yeah. Have a show, that's have, have a show where like the Bachelor is a top. 
and all of the other guys are like bottoms i mean it it depends on what type of show you if you want it to conform to like that that sort of structure then i guess yeah like you have to make sure whether it's you know top bottom or whatever you have to make sure that the 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 contestants are only sexually interested in the bachelor but judging from the the sort of knockoff shows that I've seen, what is actually fun about a gay version of The Bachelor is that the contestants can start hooking up with each other and it makes it yeah. a way more complicated and exciting show. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, like, I think with The Bachelor, there's this like, uh, there's like a fake um, built-in like reverence for whoever The Bachelor or The Bachelorette is where like the people in the house are like, I am laser focused on Luke or like whoever the guy, I don't even know if there's been one named Luke, but it's like always something like that. They'll be like, that is my soulmate. I have to be with him and only him. Or like, I have to be with this person. I am in love with them from like literally day one. They're like, I will, I moved here just to be with him. And like, I will marry him. Like that they want the bachelor or the bachelorette so badly. And like, um, it's very, and that's just kind of and it's always ridiculous obviously because it's like they don't know them at all and like it's always so stupid and like chaotic and crazy but that's like what it is there was actually an international bachelor where the two of the women ended up leaving together because they fell in love which i think is sweet that's cute um i just looked up the the gay knockoff that I was trying to remember. It was called Finding Prince Charming. And it definitely, like the the contestants definitely just were more interested in each other than the the Bachelor guy because it turns out his name was Robert Sepulveda, which is such a great name. <laughs> and it turned out he had a past doing um, like dog porn. Oh, right. I do remember yeah. that. <laughs> but... So they never, it never got a season two. I thought it was a really, it was a really good show. I wish that they would bring it back. It also makes sense because um, they are all going to be around each other so much more. Like, you know, like if you spend all your time in a house with these other people and then like one guy pops up like once a day for an hour and it's like, okay, like now you and I are going to go like on a helicopter and drink champagne. And then like you go back to your real life to like the guy that you have a crush on because you're around him all the time it's not gonna it's just like gonna be a tighter bond yeah like because you're you're going through the same thing that these other people are and yeah it, it uh but I, I i guess i don't think that that's necessarily a drawback like i think that could actually make the show more interesting but maybe people that are watching the bachelor like that very like specific structure of they're all you know they're all gunning after the bachelor yeah there's also the bachelor in paradise which is the by far the best mm. um of the franchise which is like more of just a free-for-all and it's extremely chaotic and that's yeah. when it gets really good it's the, like late they do that one like at the end of summer when everyone's oh, right, right, right. tired and hung over and <laughs> out. uh well um that was quite a detour but we talked about the bachelor finally um shall we just move on to the newsletters i guess there's not yeah, much else no, let's do it. didn't do anything no 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 okay all right what was your best of the week okay the road trip thing Mm. um was it amazing no was it perfect no but here's what i liked about it i thought that they actually took the notes 
and gave some good information about these locations. Like they had like nice little paragraphs about, you know, why this place is special and what you can do there. And then they get into like selling you, you know, what you can wear while you're on these trips. Oh yeah. But I thought it was just, I, th- I thought they did a really good job and it was like a big improvement over the um, travel guide, the like last few travel guides that we've seen. Yeah. It seemed like they put some effort into it and there were, well, you just came back from Joshua Tree. I've still never mm-hmm. been there, but like, it seemed like they had, they were talking about a, a natural wine store, um, yeah. a couple of restaurants. I, for some reason, I always assume that it's just like a barren wasteland that you like stay in your tent the whole time. But I guess there is stuff to do there. It is sort of a barren way. I mean, there's like one drag where you can sort of go and there is like that wine shop, but I didn't go to it because um, I didn't want to like go inside a store and like, I didn't really go in anything because it was like more COVID-y than it is now, I think. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't really, but we did, there's like a pizza place there that everybody likes that's not in this write-up that we like got takeout from. I mean, you know, you know, t- yeah, typical, typical little small town vacation spot but stuff. It's, it's really small. It's like a few little places here and there. Mm. It's like mostly it's just you go to the, you're like Airbnb and then the yeah. park. That's it. I do really want to go to Sedona. Uh, I It looks so beautiful and um, it just seems very cool. Yeah, it's, I want to go there so bad. And especially because it's like everyone there is so nuts and like mm-hmm. does all this crazy shit. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like the the Arizona version of hippies. So it's still like totally, it's like bonkers in several different directions. In several directions and like very, like, I think it's everything. Like people do sound baths and people like fully believe that aliens are here. Like it's every kind of, it's like really like the entire spectrum of alternative thinking. And it's been like that for a long time. So I think it's like an older, it just seems like an older crowd, like like first gen hippies are still there. I know. And I do always feel sort of comforted to think, you know, if the shit really hits the fan, I could just like move to Sedona and be like a weird person there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And no one would bother me. And then what the third location was Park City. Yeah, oh. where I'm never going to go, but you know, still good. Park City seems much more like a winter destination, but I'm sure it's pretty in the summer. I'm sure it's really nice. I I know I talk about this literally all the goddamn time, but I have been to Jackson Hole, Wyoming in the summer. Actually, it was like late. Um, it was like late summer, early fall, and it was a great time to visit. I think that these locations are really nice um, in the summer too. Yeah. But it's just, you know, you don't go skiing, but there's like, a lot of other i mean there are pictures of like hiking yeah no. and hiking and camping and i just know lisa barlow the uh the queen of sundance self-appointed queen of sundance who's a mm-hmm. real housewife of salt lake city her um or no i guess it's meredith her boutique is only seasonal they only it's like not open in the summer that's fair yeah well my best unsurprisingly or maybe surprisingly, I don't know, is uh, a neuroscientist's case for legalizing all drugs. Oh, this is my craziest. Okay, so this guy, I actually saw him in the news. It was a few months ago when his book was came out and it was like sort of a little bit of like a media story because he- He's, he's like been making the rounds on like everything with this book. Yeah, and like the, the big takeaway is like he personally 
does heroin recreationally. And like, that's just not something that people admit in polite society. So it was like, it, like, it was a big, it was a big deal. Cause he's like a, a neuroscientist and he's a, a, a professor at Columbia. So it's like, Oh, this, this successful professional man, like regularly takes heroin and is totally okay with it. And that, that would just like blew people's minds. Uh, but in the, in this article, so he's yeah, plugging this book. They don't talk about his own personal drug use in this article, which probably is good because it maybe like distracts from his message. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, so I, so this is my craziest because yeah, like you said, this book has been making the rounds. Like I've heard about it. I've read about it kind of everywhere. Um, and it's called drug use for grownups. And his name is, uh, Dr. Carl Hart. Yeah. Goop is like a little bit late to this one, I think, but I do agree. I mean, I think that there's something slightly libertarian about this argument. I yes. agree that drugs should be legalized and at the very least decriminalized for a variety of reasons and that like all drug crimes, like everyone in jail for like drug crimes should have their like, um, convictions overturned and be released immediately um but i i don't know if i would go so far as to like advocate for recreational drug use i think there's a difference and like i don't like the idea that this is an adult sophisticated thing that adults can do responsibly because that may or may not be true but there shouldn't be this air of sophistication around getting like totally fucked up because it's not. And that's kind of a misconception that people have when they're younger and you grow up and you sort of grow out of that. Um, there are very serious harms that can come to you if you use heroin um, recreationally. And I don't think that addiction is um uh, I don't think there's a low chance of addiction if you are at the point that you're using heroin. Um, and I don't think people should advocate for it. I just think that it shouldn't be illegal. And I don't think that's the same thing. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, the war on drugs is basically like a continuation of slavery and uh, Jim Crow. And it's like, basically a way to get people of color, mostly black men and women uh, incarcerated and, and fund the for-profit prison industry. So it is absolutely imperative that we need to decriminalize all drugs. Um, as far as, well, the thing, yeah, the thing with <laughs> legalizing recreational drugs is then you get sort of America's like capitalism involved and you're just going to be a lot of money is going to be made by probably mostly already well-off white people. Well, I also don't have a problem with that. I mean, not with money going to white people or whatever, not that, but like, um, I do think that, um, like the black market for drugs and like illegal drug sales contributes really heavily to violent crime and a lot of exploitation. So yes. I don't think that there's a problem with the drug industry being regulated. Um, I, I think it should all happen in the light of day with regulation and oversight. Um, and that would only happen if it was legal. Um, I obviously, it would be better if like, you know, if any industry is like not 
racist, um, which, but, but I, I don't, I don't think that the way that the illegal drug industry is run is good or safe. Yeah. It's sort of like, I don't know that there is a perfect solution to this, but the, 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 the harm in a legal regulated, uh, drug industry is probably less harm in general than the current system for people. Um, I mean, this is, there's such a stigma attached to, uh, especially like opiates and, and stimulants, some opiates and some stimulants. That's, I mean, that's the point he's making is, is, you know, Adderall and, 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 you know, whatever Percocet or whatever, these are things that you can get from your doctor. I think now there's more of like, education about the the possible danger of those you know those currently regulated legal drugs but uh but he's saying like the the sort of social stigma attached to to heroin to meth to crack cocaine especially is is all sort of uh bound up in in racism and classism um but he is coming at like you said he's coming at coming at his argument from a libertarian point of view he says the first thing he says is it's based on a simple concept, uh, liberty. And I always um, look closely when someone <laughs> begins an argument like that, because I'm always, I'm usually pretty, uh, pretty incredulous of, of libertarian arguments in general. I'm like a little bit, I took that political like axis test and I'm like liberal, I'm like left libertarian leaning. I'm like down oh, with boy. Like, Bernie Sanders and Noam Chomsky is like where they put me. Do you think Bernie Sanders and Noam Chomsky are at all libertarian? I don't feel like on the true. liberal. It's like that's it's like a four point axis. So it's like authoritarian on one side, libertarian yeah. on the other side, and then it's like um, I don't know if it's like communist on the one side and fascist on one side or something like that. And then they like they you take this political test and then they like put you where you go so it's like if you're below this line you're like in the libertarian side and then you're either like authoritarian or and then you're or, and then if you're on the libertarian side you're either like left or right and then you could be like oh an authoritarian leftist or uh, a libertarian left but i mean i'm not i don't really consider myself to be any of those things that's just I, where they put me on this little grid i'd probably the, the pictures of the little men around me were like were i was like in between noam chomsky and bernie sanders was where they put me. interesting Who, who's an example of uh, an authoritarian leaning leftist in american I don't politics remember, is there one but i would guess like maybe like fidel castro or something <laughs> i don't know no yeah i guess i mean there are well he's dead but like there obviously in world politics there probably are examples of that but like in american politics I think an authoritarian leftist, that's a tough, that's a tough sell to America, even though that's honestly probably the quadrant that I fall into. Well, you have to take the little test and then, and then we'll see. see. Um, but you know, I've advocated on this very podcast, the government seizing the means of production and, and giving us our, our allotment of weekly cheese and Bittner's daughter. So yeah. And I'm pretty sure that that's like authoritarian. Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe it's just you. <laughs> I mean, I was considering outing myself as a, as a Maoist, <laughs> but I don't know that I've thought through it enough. I feel like, I mean, I, I feel like that's like one way of reclaiming youth is just to be like, I'm a Maoist or like, I'm a Calvinist or whatever, which I don't, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. And I don't really know what no. that is, but oh, here I found my chart. Okay. Okay. So I'm 
yeah so then the people on the oh I can't make out what any of these the only one I can make out oh so on the authoritarian left it's it was it's like Stalin and Castro (laughs) and then on the like libertarian left is like um Gandhi um it's really hard to make out because it's like a picture of a thing but Mm. yeah and then on the libertarian right is like Ayn Rand Mm. and then on the authoritarian right is like Donald Trump and Hitler Angela Merkel is on there she seems like like, she's like towards the center it's like everyone it's on a grid so everyone isn't in the exact same yeah exactly uh but i i'd be yeah anyway i'd be curious to read this guy's book i tend to i agree that there that his argument seems a little overly simplistic and he i mean i I don't know though because it is like like his at least in this interview his arguments seem pretty persuasive and i do feel like there's so much brainwashing in both like the sort of war on drugs educational system and then also like and again like i don't have any personal experience with this so i don't want to like judge it but it seems like the the 12-step sort of industry i don't know like how much like well 12-step isn't really an industry but it is people are making money off of it yeah who uh, like I don't know, people who write books about addiction and like, and like um maybe, but I think that like twelve step or like all these like free anonymous meetings. Yeah, they're not. They're the like group leaders aren't making money. No, totally. And it, obviously, it like helps a lot of people conquer or like, uh, you know, help their addiction. But yeah, and it's also the only solution. I mean, like, there's no, um, there's no like cure for addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, so you, th- you think if, if drugs were legalized and regulated, there would be higher instances of addiction? No, I didn't say that. I said I was in favor of legalizing and regulating drugs. Mm. Okay. So you do buy, you do agree with this guy. I like explicitly said that. Yeah. I think that all people who are incarcerated for drug crime yeah. should have their records expunged and be released immediately. I said that. I think that drugs should be legal and should and I think that I also said that the um, that it the drug industry as it is now poses more dangers than it would if it were a legal industry with oversight and regulation. Yeah. I just don't. I said that I don't think that you should necessarily advocate for drug use, and I don't mm. think those are the same thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think some people would say if you're legalizing and regulating drugs, it's sort of an implicit uh advocation of well drug use. i think this man's book is advocating for drug use it's called drug use for grown-ups yeah. and it's about how you can do drugs as a responsible member of society which may be true for some people but i don't think i wouldn't be like an evangelist for drug no, use. no no and i don't think that they're the same thing i think that there's like a good case for legalizing drugs and i think that like drugs being a fantastic thing that everybody should do is not one of those reasons oh absolutely like eating red meat is legal in california marijuana is legal like a lot of things that aren't maybe great for you are legal yeah yeah i want like i wonder if you know the sort of social and political stigma if that lessens for some of these drugs 
would people in general think of? Is there something inherent in these <laughs> powerful opiates and stimulants that 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 make them more dangerous than other things, or is it purely the both the the social and legal stigmas attached to them, and because they're unregulated, like all the garbage you get in if you're you know if you're buying street drugs, like is that what's really making them more dangerous? Um, I mean, I don't know, but not really because you can buy legal. I mean, like Oxycontin is a, is regulated and like you can, but people abuse it. So I think that drug abuse will happen. Yeah. If you can get high off something, like someone will find a way to abuse it and like people will get addicted to things. Um, well, yeah, but like Oxycontin, like the, obviously people can get super addicted to Oxycontin, but it's like the, the deaths by opiates that went up when, they didn't have access to the Oxycontin anymore and they were getting street heroin, which was often mixed with fentanyl or they were mixing them with, you know, other drugs. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, addiction, obviously prescription <laughs> drugs can lead to addiction, but it's like the, the death is actually seems like it's caused more by the drugs that are, that are un, unregulated. I have no idea. I don't know enough about it to, to know which one causes more. Death. I don't know. But like, <laughs> Yeah, I get. I mean, pe people obviously have different body chemistries. Because, like, if I take, if I get a prescription for an opiate, and I take it for more than a few days, I'm, my body just like starts. I'm just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. But obviously, yeah, that's, me too. that's not the but same like, for a lot of people. There are some people who can't drink two glasses yeah. of wine, or they get like a headache. And you know, I yeah. can drink a bottle of wine if I want. To. Like, you know what I mean? I people have different like. Um, capacity for like what they can take with that stuff but like it doesn't really matter I mean like the the point isn't that I think the point isn't that these things are good and like I think there should be a stigma I mean there's a stigma against being intoxicated and I think that there should be one like mm -hmm. there's a stigma against someone who gets drunk all the time or someone who's a huge pothead even though like where we live in California it's legal if someone like showed up to work stoned or if someone was like high all the time you would they would there'd be a stigma about it yeah yeah um and it's because it's not because well i don't know but like you want someone who's going to be like clear-headed and lucid because those are the people that you're going to trust trust to accomplish tasks that you need to be be accomplished and you don't want someone who's intoxicated because they're not going to be able to contribute to society as well if they're like intoxicated in their day-to-day -day life like that's just like a normal thing um people aren't presenting their best selves when they're intoxicated. Like people are sloppy and messy, emotional, um, silly. Like they, they aren't, I mean, so that's like, of course there's going to be a stigma and there should be like, people should be sober as much as they can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, like that just doesn't mean that people should have their lives ruined because right. of that. Well, and I guess then like there already is that social stigma attached to being like publicly intoxicated or you know fucked up at the times that you're not supposed to be fucked up so you'd think that that i mean then these these regulated legalized drugs it would sort of be self-regulating within polite society for the most part yeah i mean i don't think that i started consuming marijuana at like a much higher level when it became legal in California. 
No, I don't, I don't know anyone. I mean, I, I, marijuana is something that was, you know, so easy to get. And especially for like white people, like there was no real like potential to be, to be harmed by it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't know anyone who like became a pothead after legalization. Um, or who thought, oh, I'll try. I wouldn't have tried this if it was illegal, yeah, yeah, yeah. but now I will. Um, and other drugs, I mean, I don't know because I don't really do drugs anymore, but like, it seems like it's pretty easy to get pretty much anything you want <laughs> and whenever. If heroin was legal, I still wouldn't do it. Uh, okay. And like, that's just, I just don't want to do it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not, that's just me. Like, I don't think it would change anything in my life. No, no, no. It, yeah, it wouldn't. I mean, it would be, yeah, it wouldn't change anything for good, probably, to to regularly do heroin. No. All right. Uh, what was your worst? My worst was, oh, the thing about how to clean your pans, because I was triggered by it. Like, how dare they put this thing in there? I need the pan lid. Like, I am really upset about the pan lids, though. I don't blame you. It would, I would gnaw at my soul every night if I knew I was getting getting ripped off by this company who won't replace and that they sent me a link to a place where I could buy an ugly pan lid that didn't match was so anti it's just like anti everything that goop stands for like I bought a pretty pan pink pan that comes with a pretty gold lid and I'm gonna get some gross floppy thing to put on top of it because it exploded uh i mean it's a real flaw in the system and do you but this is this is green pan's fault this is not goop's fault or is are you blaming goop (laughs) i mean look it's green pan's fault but i wouldn't have ever heard of green pan if it weren't for goop yeah goop should only offer products from companies who have good customer service and will replace parts Every but every other company on the planet will replace a part. Not Green Pan. It's insane. It's nuts. Uh, well, this is also my this article was also my worst, but for an entirely different reason. Okay. Um, I thought it was really awful and rude to traditional cast iron in this article. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a whole category where they talk about cast iron enamel, which is just. I guess, cast iron that is covered in enamel. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, according to this article, it says, uh, plain cast iron is rustic and can seem nostalgic or almost romantic if, say, you've inherited your great-grandmother's perfectly seasoned and maintained skillet. It's not without its challenges, though. And then they go on for this entire two paragraphs to say how shitty regular cast iron is and how you should buy this really expensive stove, $180, 10-inch, uh, cast iron enamel pan no which supposedly is easier to clean well let me say i have a 25 dollar, 20 dollar maybe cast iron pan from emerald lagasse's company that i bought probably 15 years ago yeah and it's easy to clean you literally put it in wash it in water probably don't use soap the the whole like conspiracy that like you can't like put water on your cast iron pan or like you can't use a sponge and all this shit is totally false. It's like a complete, it's crazy. Yeah. And so don't, I just say, don't be afraid of regular cast iron. 
um, you know, don't like leave it with food stuck in it for days, but, but like, you can just use some warm water, wash it out, you know, put it in the oven with some oil every once in a while to season it. If it's getting sticky, other than that, you're cool. You don't need to spend $180. And the fact that goop doesn't even sell regular, well, of course, goop doesn't sell regular cast iron pans because they're not expensive. Wow. Uh, I have a lodge one. Oh yeah. Lodge is like the classic. Yeah. I like it, but it's great. Yeah. But I do get sort of freaked out about cleaning it. Don't, don't, don't. I mean, don't put it in the dishwasher. I don't. don't. I wash it with soap. I wash it with like a sponge that has maybe had soap on it, but I don't like, I don't like squeeze all the soap out of it, but I don't like pour new soap on it. I just kind of like scrub it. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't use a like steel wool, but other than that, use a sponge. Even like I've used a little bit of soap here and there when I've needed to. And it's, fine the worst that could happen is a little bit of the seasoning comes off and then you just season it again like that's the worst literally the worst that could happen yeah although i bought it pre-seasoned and i've never seasoned it oh yeah now and yeah nowadays that's the other thing nowadays you can get all these pre i mean back in my day i don't think pre-season cast iron was really a thing so i i think i i had to do it my own my own on my own dime Wow. Uh, How do you season? You just like put it in the oven really hot. Yeah, you put it in the oven really hot. Um, supposedly you're supposed to keep it upside down so the oil does the oil like drips off. I guess I don't know. And then you you just put like a very thin layer of just like neutral vegetable oil on the pan and then put it, yeah, and like the hottest your oven can go for like I don't know, fifteen minutes a half hour. Uh, I guess when you first get it, you're supposed to do that like a lot, like maybe once a week or something. Now I probably do it a couple times a year when I notice that like a little bit of the, cause it's like a, it's basically just like all the gunk that you cook with, like slowly gets um, like absorbed by the pan, which creates like a naturally nonstick surface. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not as maybe if I seasoned it better, it would be, but it's not as nonstick as like a nonstick pan. I still don't cook like eggs in my cast iron, mm-hmm. but pretty much everything else I cook in my cast iron. Yeah. Food just tastes better when it comes out of there. I don't know why. Yeah. It's like a great, a better sear that conducts heat better. Um, what did I make? Oh, I make, I made my little, uh, I make a little Alice Waters gratin in it all the time. Usually I'll do Swiss chard, but because it's spring, I used asparagus the other day. Turned out wonderful. Lovely. All right. So your craziest is the drugs. My craziest is the Goop Mother's Day gift guide came out. Oh, one of my things I would buy it was on here. I wonder if it's your craziest thing. I doubt this is the thing you would buy unless I really don't know you at all. The craziest thing to put on the Mother's Day gift guide is a $200 vibrator called the Womanizer Premium that specifically is supposed to simulate the effects of oral sex. Yeah, I would rather, I would honestly rather um, kill my mother than give her that. I do not. And I honestly think, I'm not kidding you. I think that that would be like pathologically inappropriate. I mean, really, really fucked up. Like, I think that if you give that to your mother, you need to be in like inpatient. Absolutely. You are so messed up. And I know that might offend some listeners who give their moms vibrators for Mother's Day that simulate, stimulate, simulate 
<laughs> oh my God. Or I can't even talk about this. <laughs> I just think that like, honestly, you know what? Goop, fuck you. I mean, this. this is clearly group, group goop is trolling us and we're talking about it. So they win yet again. But they, I mean, this is really, it's well, a troll. It's a it's troll. A, You're it right. It has to be. Cause, I, cause got, like, I mean, there's, yeah, you're, you, you have to have a severe personality disorder if you even think about giving this to your mother. Um, and then obviously like Mother's Day, you know, if you're, you, you, like if you have, you know, if you have a wife on Mother's has and you, you have kids, you're going to give Mother's Day presents. But like, that's what Valentine's Day is for. Maybe is like a set or your anniversary is like a sexy gift. Mother's Day is not supposed to be sexy, no matter what the relationship you have to the mother in question is. I have a good rule for it. I think that a sexy gift should be just because and should not be on a holiday. I mm. think if you want to give a sexy gift, do that on your own time because it's ultimately for you. So when you're feeling horny and you're like, I want to buy my wife or my girlfriend this like sexy thing for her to wear or like this vibrator because I think it's hot. Let that be a just because gift. And on Mother's Day, give her a gift certificate and like make her breakfast in bed and just call it a day. Good night. The end. Forget about it. No more. I agree. And also the, the packaging, I don't, I literally don't understand what I'm looking at on this package okay you, you see me... the vibrator and it looks like you know it doesn't look like a, a a phallic vibrator but you can see sort of you know what it does and where it goes i can you know i have an imagination but then there's a thing that the vibrator is attaching to that's like this black weird shaped wait. thing and i just don't know what it is wait so there's the mom to be the caregiver which oh is it the womanizer it, yeah it's called the womanizer Okay, what are you not understanding? On the package, the pink, there's a pink box that it comes in and there's, it shows the vibrator and then it shows this rock formation next to the vibrator that looks like an alien. And I just don't know what that's supposed to be. Oh, I think that's like a crumpled pair of underwear. Oh. It's just art, I believe. Okay. It might be a little like bag for it. Oh, oh, a bag. I thought yeah, it was like an bag. abstract view like of a woman's body because they couldn't actually put like a labia on the the box. It is kind of labia-ish. But I think it's either supposed to represent your underwear that you threw off in a fit of passion mm-hmm. or it's a bag. All right. Either way. Um, either way. And if you're interested... It has pressure air technology, autopilot, 12 intensity levels, smart silence. It's waterproof, it's body fit, and it has magnetic charging. I also don't like products that um, take Britney Spears songs titles and don't give her attribution or credit. You know what? Well, but a womanizer existed before the term womanizer but every time i hear the word womanizer i think womanizer 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 uh, i do uh, too uh, uh, oh but and it's about a womanizer who sure and i guess yeah no i get i mean i get <laughs> i get where the product name comes from but i'm just like britney the only reason you would want a vibrator called the womanizer is because britney spears because if it, if she had never made that song then you'd be like it'd be like calling your your 
vibrator like the misogynist or something exactly yeah Brittany reclaimed she reclaimed womanizer Womanizer. oh what a time that was (laughs) anyway anyway goop come on i mean i know you're trolling us but and it worked okay you did it yet again well if you are not gonna try the womanizer what would you like to try I'm going to try the curry chicken salad recipe mm-hmm. just because I, I mean, I probably won't, but I like that there was a recipe from Goop Kitchen on the Goop website. And I hope that there are many more to come because I want to be able to make all that stuff at home, even though I never will. And I'll still order it all from Goop. So. Yes. It's a fine line. You know, when you have a, a restaurant and you, you know, you want your recipes to, in some sense, be like a little, you know, hard to get, you have to go to the restaurant. You don't want to like publish everything all at once, but I do think it's not re- you're not really going to lose business because like people aren't it's not like people are like oh i'll i'm not going to order from coop kitchen today because i'm going to go to the grocery store and get all the ingredients and like make the chicken salad yeah so i never understand people who make that argument like i don't go to restaurants because i can cook at home like it's not the same thing N- no i mean because yeah well i would say takeout and delivery it's like it's obviously a great time saver uh a restaurant experience going out to a restaurant is a completely different thing and you can never replicate that at home um there are there are certain types of food i that i don't either i'm not good at or like i don't feel comfortable or it's like very complicated to make like like thai food it's just it's like a whole sort of set of products and ingredients that i don't have at my home so i'm always gonna like go to a restaurant and get thai food Whereas like pasta or even like Mexican food, I feel like I'm more comfortable making that at home. So I always do weigh like the the pros and cons of are I'm am I going to make it or am I going to you know pick it up? For me, and I guess I'm just like a totally lazy piece of shit. It's just all about the mess. Like mm. I don't want to put in the effort to like I don't want to spend like two hours of my life on something I'm going to eat one time. I get you. I guess I, I just enjoy the act of cooking so much. Like it's, unless I'm in a hurry, I don't mind the, you know, say an hour. If it's, if a recipe takes longer than an hour, then, you know, maybe not. I'm factoring in cleanup as well. Also, I'm extremely spoiled and lucky. And my husband does 99% of the dishes. Yeah. Cause I do 99% of the cooking, which might not be a fair trade-off, but well, uh, I would love to be in that situation, but Brian likes to eat very differently than I do. Mm. So we don't really eat the same things very often. Interesting. There are certain things like I'll, there'll be once, maybe once a week where I have my own little private fish night, which John won't participate in. Yeah. But other than that, we pretty much eat the same thing. That's good. How would you be? Um, but that chicken salad looks tasty yeah uh okay i would try this is a new this is not a product Mm. this is not a recipe this is a new feature on the goop website that i'm thrilled about okay um they added a wish list that's really good there's a little heart icon now next to every product and if you log into your goop account you can add any product to your wish list and then maybe I, i don't know if you can make them public actually but i wish you could so someone special could maybe buy you 
something from your wish list. Oh my God. A sugar daddy. I know. Right now I have three things on my wish list. Wait, I need to be able to make them public. I know that's goop. If you're listening, this needs to be the next step is to be able to make your wish list public. So people can buy you shit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to make a wish list. That's really good. Right now I have, wait, the other thing is Goop, come on. It's, it doesn't seem like it's very easy to access your wish list. Maybe if I go to account anyway, I know I have see, and then it lo- if you like refresh the page, it like logs you out of your account. Yeah. Look, it's not a bunch of tech wizards over there. <laughs> no, it definitely isn't. It's, um, you know, Oh, here we go. Okay. So if you go, if you log in, go on the upper right-hand corner of the website, click on your account, then there's a drop-down menu where you can access your wish list. So we need to make this a little more intuitive, but I am definitely making a wish list. You know what they should make? Like you should be able to make a whole like Pinterest on Goop. So you can like say recipes that you want to try yes. do your wish list for things you want like if there are like articles that you really like or like things that you read that you really want to be able to go back to over and over again you should have like a little file for that stuff like it you should be able to like personalize it absolutely yeah you should it should be like a like a combination of pinterest and like old myspace where you can like, like have your own wallpaper and your songs and everything it should be like tumblr like totally. a combination of pinterest and tumblr like yeah it should be like a whole social media thing and they could do something like like you know how like the huffington post does those like crazy like personal essays that you can just like write into yeah um, you sh- there should be like a goop like a goop like or like on like Pornhub, there's like amateurs. There should be like goop amateurs where anyone can no, just write whatever crazy shit they want. Oh yeah. It's like there's like a gab on yeah. Goop. <laughs> so you like it if you don't like, you know, medium or you don't like Substack or whatever, you can just like and there's it's all First Amendment, complete free speech. Yeah, they're just... free speech absolutists. <laughs> which you actually don't want from goop because I think some of the goop readers are among the uh most uh, like free in their speech take advantage of that first amendment (laughs) yeah (laughs) and maybe not use it uh ethically um but i think if goop really wants to grow it has to be yeah social media you have to be able to upload videos (laughs) yeah upload videos of whatever you want (laughs) so it's like it's like youtube mixed with pinterest mixed with uh parlor (laughs) yeah exactly it's like wide open mm-hmm. uh, I love this I have yeah my Gtox malachite and fruit acid pore cleanser my Gtox Himalayan salt scrub salt scalp scrub and of course Vintner's daughter active botanical serum yeah which I still haven't pulled the trigger on I'm gonna put the goop glow microderm instant exfoliator on my wish list yeah, that is a great one just because I need to put something on it yeah yeah uh, so Goop, yeah, this is a good beginning. We like the steps you're taking, but I really want, Goop needs to be just more of an all immersive experience for us. Yeah, it's not enough. I need more. Oh, God, Goop amateurs, Goop editor, like how great would that be? It would be amazing. Um, oh, all right, God. what would you then buy? Then we'd have something to do. Okay, uh, what would I buy? Mm-hmm. I would buy... 
for my mommy mm-hmm. a sushi kit. Oh, cute. For Mother's Day. But isn't because, your mom vegan? Yeah, but you can make it with like carrots and avocado oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And um and I have my new idea with like Mother's Day, especially, or like for people you buy gifts for a lot, is like I try to give gifts that are um like activities. Cute. Like something that you can do because it's just like really it gets really, really hard buying gifts, especially for like your parents yeah. all the time. Like I don't think that she wants anything that she can't get or doesn't already have. I mean they just I don't know like what am I gonna give them you know what I mean and it's even for like Brian like I give him like I I end up buying him a gift at least four times a year or more and then little things in between so it's like you end up being like I don't know what I don't know what you I don't know yeah yeah the whole gift racket I mean I it's tough because like my mom and I don't live in the same city and I'm usually like not near her during mother's day so i always it, yeah i do usually end up doing like you know flowers or something like that but yeah flowers are nice yeah yeah um but sushi that's that, see sushi's another thing that like it would it would be a fun project but it's ne- like i'm never it's never going to go into my like regular weekly rotation of recipes to cook Sushi. No, it's like a thing you do once and then you like yeah. never use it again and you're like oh yeah that thing and then it just starts taking up space in your kitchen and then you give mm-hmm. it away in like a year i still regret giving away my salad spinner oh yeah because i it was like so big and i it was one of those things like i never used and then as soon as i got rid of it i i like constantly i'm like oh i wish i had a salad spinner i know it's one of those things i never i'm the exact same way but it's really nice to be able to get those leaves extra dry yeah um, but the bowl is just massive it's so big i also got rid of my like bamboo steamer for dumplings that i literally never made once i mean i feel like you need one steamer yeah i have like a an old like like pasta pot that has like a steamer attachment to it that's that's fine that's what i have too i used to have two whatever my steamer situation could be better honestly but it's fine i i mean i rarely steam anything I I'm definitely a a roast a roasting boy. I mean, I like to steam like vegetables because I think it's like extra. It's so healthy because there's like nothing on them at all. Yeah, I mean, steaming vegetables is like the ultimate in in self uh, self care and and deprivation. It, yeah, it's got it all. <laughs> uh, okay, what I would buy, well. Let's just go into the future. Okay. It's 2057. Wow. Apple Martin has taken the reins. Uh, Gwyneth is, she's retired. She's in an old folks home in Montecito. Perfect. Um, Apple drives up to visit her once a week, but they, you know, Apple has work to do back in the Santa Monica headquarters. Yeah. Uh, the drug war has ended. <laughs> All drugs have been legalized. People are moving in on this new cash cow. And Goop uh, puts out their newest shoes. Okay. Nerd alert version two, which is. 
they're just getting has, to version two. A few, yeah. Nerd Alert. I mean, Nerd Alert Classic has been going strong for you know forty years, but yeah. Nerd Alert two point has a little something. Let's say from Bolivia, made out of leaves and turned into usually turned into powder or rocks but now alligator crocodile no i'm thinking of cocaine okay there's a third when you said bolivia oh for some reason when you said bolivia i was thinking like i got like really stupid for a second like ukraine or something oh no remember that drug that they took oh crocodile yeah crocodile and it made them go crazy um that would be great too if we could we could finally regulate crocodile so people can have pure crocodile but anyway goop 2.0 apple branded nerd alert now featuring cocaine and knock me out now featuring heroin Mm. totally regulated totally safe beautiful they still taste the same (laughs) they're 450 dollars a pack because of inflation and because of the extra ingredients um but that's what i would buy in my in my dotage in my old Your age fantasy when they start such a straight up selling drugs which they yeah. would they they, of course they would any i mean that's the thing these people are capitalists any way to make money like like there's no there's no morality when it comes to drugs if they were legal like ever like you you know like john boehner or whatever you know got into weed farming like you know who like lindsey graham would get into like meth farming or whatever yeah uh I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm kind of surprised they haven't started selling weed yet. Yeah, I think they, I mean, yeah, I'm sure that they are. I'm sure, yeah. Once it's federal, they're going to, because it's like. It's so on brand for them. Totally. Um, But one day, hopefully, Mm -hmm. during President Hunter Biden's long reign. <laughs> First lady, Apple Martin. No. Take that back. No, I'm kidding. Uh, um, or or maybe Ella Emhoff with First Lady Apple Martin. That's probably yes. appropriate. President Ella Emhoff. <laughs> our first model president. Our first, our first model. Oh my God. Oh wow. Well, we have something to look forward to as the yeah. the sun keeps getting hotter and billions of people have to migrate out of their climate destroyed world and um like Juneau, Alaska becomes the hottest like beach spot in the world. Oh my god. Wow. Well, that's a cheerful note to end yeah. on. <laughs> There's enough room in Alaska for everyone, I think. It's really big. It's big. Yeah. All right. Well, we did it. Thank you all for listening. Uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, go onto Apple Podcasts and rate us, review us. Go join the Patreon if you want and uh, listen to some bonus apps. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. How 
would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 